have to start off uh, last week. We ended up on um, the subject of uh, how many of how many of you remember? How many of you can still remember what we started with? I mean, we stopped with last week. Can you remember that? Praying in the spirit, and I did promise that we're going to continue uh, in the area of another dimension of praying, which has to do with intercession. Amen. Uh, we pray in the spirit. We made mention of that, and uh, under a concept or understanding, we spoke about praying in other tongues. And they're walking in the faith as well. So now we want to go on today by simply looking at principles of intercessors or intercession, whichever way you want to take it, it's the same thing. Principles for intercessors. As one of the dimensions of prayers. Principles of or for intercessors. Uh, in everything we do, there are guidelines and there are understandings and there are strengths that we must acquire to be able to do them. So we're going to be looking at this. If you look at the book of Isaiah 59, verse number 6. I mean 16 rather. Isaiah 59, 16. The Bible says, and he saw that there was no man. I wonder that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness, he sustained him. There was no man. And wonder that there was no intercessor. Amen. By implication, the intercessor has a role to play to release salvation. But because the intercessor was not there, the man that was supposed to stand in the gap, in true sense now, was not there. And I said, his arm brought him salvation. Now, I don't want to be dealing with that because that's not the issue. But basically, the arm of the Lord is Christ himself. Amen? Amen? Okay. And that will tell you that what Christ was supposed to be doing, the intercessor is supposed to do. Are you getting this? Because there was no man and there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation. Now, if you look at the scriptures in the book of Acts, you're going to find the same principle, I think, at 26 or so. You find the same principle, even chapter 9, you find the same principle where the Bible says Paul was supposed to be sent as a salvation. Did you understand that? He was a man, but he was sent forth as a salvation to other people. So there's a need for you to understand what we're dealing with here to begin to see the role of the intercessor in the lives of people and in the agendas of God. Now, don't you forget this. By the time we are through, you'll be able to understand. I did mention to you before now that intercessors are actually watchmen 
that relates with the watchers in the heavens to get God's mind for creation or for the earth and through their intercessory work, they release those thoughts that are in the heart of God. As we go on the study, I'm going to give you a simple illustration and to let you know how intercessory work can actually affect nations. And that is only when we can come to the place of hearing and seeing what is happening in the heavens and saying exactly what heaven demands. Amen. And that is why you find that the remover, as we go on, you're going to see that, but I just have to say this. The remover of Ahab was a determination from the courts of God in the heavens where an angel volunteered that he will become a lying spirit to his prophet. Now, for Ahab to get destroyed, the spirit of deception was released so that he can believe a lie that he may go to war. But that was because God had already removed him from the throne. But for that to be effected, the watchers have to walk with the watchmen. Just like you also find in the book of Daniel, in the case of Nebuchadnezzar. He said, this is the decree of the watchers. Now, the watchers' decree was made known to the watchmen, and they have to move pronunciation. So you as an individual or as a believer, if you stand at the place of the gap or a watchman, there are things you see and hear that other fellows can't hear. And whether you are alone, the decrees you made will be affected by heaven. So it's very crucial you understand what I'm saying. That is why in the office or the ministry of the intercessors, you don't most often need so much of what you call a crowd to be effective. An individual who knows what God has in mind, having properly fixed in the court of heaven, can make a decree. And God is going to... Can you see that just one man, Abraham, had the whole nation of Sodom and Gomorrah in his hand? It was not a prayer meeting. It was one man. Did you get what I'm saying? Huh? Because he was an intercessor. That's exactly what I'm saying. So even you as an individual in this nation, in this state, in this local government, you can have a role to play whether there are thousand and one churches. If you understand what God is saying. And just one word from you can produce changes. And so all the time God is only looking for this. Now get the point right. God does not violate his principles. The earth he has given to the sons of men. And so he will not do anything without consulting men. He doesn't, he doesn't give authority and take it overnight. God doesn't work that way. Neither will he give you authority and walk behind the scene to do what he wants to do. He doesn't work that way. So, because he has given man the earth to have dominion over, anything he wants to do on the earth, he consults man. Did you understand that? And the man that can receive and hear from him is his successor. So whether it be your family, whether it be a church, you can have a role to play to effecting miraculous changes if you're actually one of such people that God has found. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. Now, the world, let me give a simple definition here. Intercessor, paga. It's a primitive rule. Come between to cause, to entreat, to fall upon, to make intercession. Or intercessor, entreat, to lay, to lie, to pray, to reach, to run. I would like it better in English. 
It simply means the act of intervening as to mediate a dispute. Intercessor. The act of intervening. Now you can see that properly in the life of Abraham in relation to Sodom and Gomorrah. He was intervening. So he who intervenes in a dispute is an intercessor. Are you seeing this? You are interceding so that the trouble that was supposed to be there will be averted. Now we can see that from the minister of Christ. God was kind of angry with humanity. And his role as a mediator makes him an advocate or intercessor. So that the destruction that was supposed to be coming to the sons of men will be what? Averted. So he came as a mediator between God and man. The word mediator also translates into what? An intercessor. There is one mediator between God and man. And that's, you see, you can see the fourth definition. God was looking for a man and it, there was no intercessor. So the man that can stand that position to mediate between him and humanity was the one that he was looking for. Are you still there? All right. It's a prayer to God on behalf of another person. It is actually prayer. You see, intercession is simply a prayer. So, don't you forget why we are connecting this. We've already discussed praying in the spirit. Talk about speaking in tongue, praying in the Holy Ghost. Remember that? Good. Now we're looking at intercession. Because... Even in praying in the Holy Ghost, which has to do with edification, it's more or less an intercessory work. Because like I said before, when you pray in the Spirit, like we said in Jude 20, in the Holy Ghost, as the case may be, you want, whichever way you want to pull that, you are seeing to it that the church is bounded together. You remember that? Good. Praying in the Holy Spirit, you are not praying for yourself. You are not praying for your need, as it were. It is like the church or the body of Christ is much more paramount to you when you pray in the Holy Spirit. And in that dimension, you're praying in the Holy Spirit. You're not praying in your understanding. You are praying in the Spirit. That means the Spirit takes your spirit and begins to communicate the mind of God to you. And you speak them. But most often, you don't even speak out. We said it could be in the dimension of groaning. Is that alright? Okay. Alright now. So... Let's look at Jeremiah, and you see that. Jeremiah 7, verse 16. It says, Therefore pray not thou for these people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Can you get this? I remember a funny experience, if I may use the word, when I nearly came to the Lord at about two years then I was teaching and there was this family in that village there that were, they felt they were the richest people in the community and all, they have this daughter of dad that was in the school and the girl was quite stubborn so I flogged this girl and then she went home, reported and then, I, in fact I traveled, I came to then Bendel or whatever data. And I was going back and I was told, hey, there's trouble for you. I said, what is that? Say, this man came from Potaikot and was reported that you flogged their daughter and they're after you and all of that. Hey, first thing I do was to go and kneel down and pray. I said, God, what is this? And the next thing he gave me this scripture, pray not for their own good. I was just wondering. I said, but it just simply told me that and I stood up and I didn't pray beyond that. 
Because my own prayer was not God about the problem. There were specific things I was really saying concerning them. But he said, pray not for their own good. Sharp word just came to me from this passage. So what am I trying to say? Look at that. Jeremiah is saying, why is God telling Jeremiah? Because the intercessory prayer of the intercessor have a lot of effect on God. When he hears it, you know, this thing is not properly fixed now. Is that okay? In this case, so that he, God, will not change his mind of the punishment he wants to inflict on them. Like God should have changed his mind on Sodom and Gomorrah because of the intercessory prayer of who? Of Abraham. Did you get the picture there? When he said, pray not, in other words, your prayer is going to make me change my mind. I don't want to change my mind. So don't intercede. Don't, don't just come to me for that. Did you get that? Neither make intercession to me. Don't pray to me to either forgive or whatever. Because I'm not prepared. But unfortunately, if Jeremiah had persisted, God is going to relent. So God had to first speak up. I don't want to here. It's like saying two persons are quarreling and the other one say, no, please, I don't want your intervention now. Did you get the point now? I don't want your intervention. You don't know what this guy did and I want to finish with him. That is the way we speak. Let me finish. Let me, let me release my, my anger. Please don't intervene. That's what he's trying to tell Jeremiah. I don't want you to come between me and these people. Because when you come, you make me change my mind. Now, I want you to see the place of the intercessor. How powerful an intercessor can be in the hands of God. Did you get this? And that's exactly, can you see how Abraham was going with God? You think about that. If I have 10, if I have this, if I have that. God was yielding because the earth has given to the sons of men. Did you follow this now? You see, if you understand this in the place of prayer, you will know that you are not just joking. You are actually, in fact, now you can see, because I find no man, no intercessor, therefore my arm brought salvation. Can you see the picture there? By implication, Jeremiah stands to save whoever he was not angry with. So how was he going to do that? Through intercessory prayer. And that's why when we go down, you're going to see how you approach this issue. Because the intercessor takes a lot of burden upon himself. That's something you're going to see as we progress. I'm going to give you a typical example of the book of Daniel chapter 9. You're going to see Daniel praying and say, God, forgive me the sins of my fathers. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me. You understand that? He took the, the, the whole problem of the whole nation upon himself. It was not a gathering of 5,000 people. It was just one man who knew and understand God's mind and he approached God from that platform. But then he confessed the sins of his people and his own sins. Are you still there with me? Okay. So that is the thing I want you to know then. Very important, said Jeremiah. Do not intercede for me. I don't want it. So the role of the intercessor is that of a high priest. It's only the high priest that is qualified to stand on behalf of the people who have sinned. Because any time a people see God wants to destroy, in quote, is that okay? Come on. Alright. Therefore now, when God finds a high priest who can offer the sacrifices, what happens? He forgives the people their sins. Now they are saved. So you see, the intercessory work is like that of the high priest offering sacrifice on behalf of the people. Now look at this. Isaiah 53 verse 12. 
Therefore will I divide him a portion. He's talking about Charlie Christ with the great. And he shall divide his spoil with the strong. Because he had poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sins of many. And make intercession for the transgressors. Now that is where you need to begin to be much more uh, attentive. The intercessory ministry, like I said in the beginning, is not necessarily about yourself. It's about others. Did you get that? It's not basically about yourself. It's about others. You see, Jesus, when he poured out his soul, was not for his sake. Is that all right? Everything he did was for the sake of man. Not for himself. And so, here we say he bare the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That is the focus of the intercessor. You, you say the same thing like I was trying to say in the book of Daniel. You see that? The focus was Israel. Not necessarily himself. Though he carried the burden, Christ died carrying our burden because we are transgressors or we were we were, I think, we were transgressors. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you see what I mean? Because we were transgressors. He poured out his soul. He bore our sins. So understand that. So when you are talking of intercessory prayers, it's not about some devils or something like that. Not even about how much you get. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not just... I'm not discussing that when we talk about intercessory prayer. You're trying to get people out of trouble. You're trying to bring them into a place of peace. You're trying to reconcile them who have had one issues between them and God. You're standing at God, forgive these people no matter what they've done. That is intercessory spirit. Hallelujah. That's intercessory spirit. And, um, and see, unfortunately, we don't understand that even when we talk about intercession. We think it has to do with our issues. It's not necessarily our issues. Basically, it's not about our issues. It is averting God's rods on people who have offended God. So that they can get into, when you use the word salvation, they can get into the place of victory, even if they have been, you know, it could be business failures and troubles in businesses. Nobody knows what they've done. You as an intercessor, take these people up to the Lord so that that business can find establishment once again. It's like, they find salvation through your ministry. The more you do that, the more God himself is uplifting. Now, you have to understand this. As you are doing that, you don't, can't, how do I put it now? It's not something you choose to do, but it's still part of the spirit of supplication and grace. Can you remember that? Zechariah 12. That comes upon you for the sake of certain people because God wants to take them up. And when that spirit comes on you to do that, that is if it's a calling which has to do with the ministry. And like I said before, the intercessory ministry is equated with that of the high priest. So it's not a cheap assignment. And you should understand that what the priest is, in, is, is ever called the high priest. He is called from amongst men and ordained for men. Hallelujah. I don't know if I have that scripture, but let's see. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, Romans chapter 8 and 26 again. The Bible says, 
Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be altered. 27 says, And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Very important. Very important, very crucial, very significant. Note this. In the intercessory ministry, watch this. We're going to deal with a few things. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. He that has offended God has a witness. Is that okay? Now, because he has a witness which led him to commit that offense, he cannot, on the most part, approach God with boldness. So he takes the intercessor to assist him because of his weakness to come out of that, to speak to God on his or her behalf. And not just that, he speaks that according to God's will. What does that mean? It means the intercessor gets to know the will of God for the people he's praying for. Did you, did you understand what I'm talking about? This is very serious. As an intercessor, you know God's mind for his people. You can see some the same principle in, in the book of Daniel now. Daniel, oh Lord, remember, you said 70 years. 90, 70 years. So we must get out of Babylon. He knew the will of God for the church. Just as the Holy Spirit knows the will of God and intercedes according to the will of God, even so the intercessors must know what is God's mind for those they are praying for. Uh, this is where the scripture says, if you pray according to, we know that if we pray according to his will, he does what? He heareth us. You see, the scripture here is very, very profound and very clear. The Holy Spirit prays through you with groanings, helping your infirmities, taking your, 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 your issues before God and praying according to God's will for you. So, there is a place you ought to be which perhaps you don't know you ought to be there, the intercessors can make you come to where you are supposed to be. Are you still there? Personally, this subject is an interesting subject to me. Because it kind of makes me, I don't know. I remember when I was in Kenya a few years ago. And there was this group of sisters who said they are intercessors and they are praying for Kenya, praying for the government. And hear what they were telling me about the government that is not there and now I find at the end of the day that they belong to a particular tribe in Kenya. Is that alright? Now all their prayer was being informed because they want this man who is supposed to be from their tribe to be there. You are not an intercessor. You are a political prayer warrior. They get this. And then I took them down and sat them down. There were about three of them. I spoke to them. They knelt down instantly and repented. Say, we are very sorry. Nobody has taught us these things. We thought we were doing the will of God. I said, in the first place, as an intercessor, you don't have a camp. You don't belong anywhere. Because you're a priest. A priest is meant for all men. You don't belong anywhere. So you can't be an intercessor and be joining the political party and be praying for the platform of our political inclinations. You are not an intercessor. You are a hired prayer warrior for a political reason. No, honestly, that's the simple truth. Amen? 
You are a neutral man because remember this, remember this. The Bible tells us, I sought for a man and I sought for an intercessor. The man to stand the gap. So why are you making choice? You are not supposed to make choice because all men belong to God. Whether political or religion, they all belong to God. And every one of them can err. Now your role is to see to it that God forgives them and get them to the place of total victory in what they have. Now, but think about it. Even if you are supposed to be an intercessor, I remember some years back, some group called me when we were in the other meeting, fellowship, and they said they want me to come and join in the intercessory group that prays for the nation. And I think I went there twice or so. And I went to the guy that was coordinating. It's a national movement. And they said, and asked one or two questions. What has God really spoken about this country that we should be praying about? He said, but we should know the mind of God. God should give us. This is not a question of God giving us. What has God said? We should be able to know what he said. Are you still there? Because Daniel simply said, amen, we need to get out of Babylon. God remembered, you said this. You said this to Jeremiah that we're going to be here for this number of years. The years are now fulfilled. Can you please let us go? He got, hold, he got hold of what God said and it worked. Did you get what I'm saying now? So it's not a matter of just praying and things like that. That's why in the intercessory place, you must be able to come to the place of a knowing. Very crucial as an intercessor. Somebody say, oh man, what about if I don't know it means I shall not pray. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Keep on praying and God will speak to you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, but there are some people I gave you a story here sometime. I've uh, forgotten this lady's name. But she's actually an intercessor. And then uh, the Lord sent him, sent her from where she was to a particular city. And the Lord just told her, you go there, get a hotel, and go inside, and I will tell you what to do. She went in, checked into the hotel, and she was there for three days. There was no word, nothing. And she was just wondering, what am I doing here? Why have the Lord asked me to come here? And she was just there. That towards an evening on that particular day, there was this cloud that was coming like a heavy tornado. Was now rising. And the Lord said, can you get out of your, of your room now? Look through the window and see. And then she got out and saw this movement of the cloud coming. Just like the thing that will result to a tsunami or whatever the case may be. He said, now this is why I ask you to come here. Can you please speak to the cloud to recede? And the woman just lifted up her voice right there and began to speak to that move that was coming. And that was how it was averted. One of the states in the United States some years back. I still have the book with me. So now that is an intercessor. You'll be able to see, you'll be able to hear, understand this intercessory place is seeing and hearing. So that you can know the mind and the will of God. Is that alright? Come on. Now, one of the common will is God is long-suffering because he does not want anyone to do what? To die, to perish. Is that okay? So that's a common will. You can pray with that. That's part of knowing the will of God. Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Here Christ's role and that of the Holy Spirit is helping those who, oh, who do not know their way in life and always considering the witness of those people as well as they carry out their what? Their ministry. What am I saying? Because the Holy Spirit helps our infirmity. He was numbered among the transgressors in Isaiah 53. Remember that? So what, what are we talking about? 
Here the scripture is making us understand that for you to pray for people, there are some considerations you must have. What is that consideration? Remember the Holy Spirit prays for us considering our infirmities. Remember that? Which has to do with our witnesses. Even so, you don't I think, let me see if I made a statement along that line. Okay, let me read here. We said before now that they, oh my God, the Holy Spirit, even as Christ, is like an advocate, and that is who they are, the intercessors, I'm trying to say, and even Christ and the Holy Spirit. My little children, these things write unto you that ye see not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Advocate, a person who pleads for a cause or propound an idea, counselor, a lawyer, a helper. Are you still there? Every intercessor, when you stand at the place of prayer, you are an advocate. You are helping the cause of the man. And previous studies, I told you, an advocate actually has to do with a man who stands to speak on behalf of someone who doesn't know and who, do, who cannot speak for himself, perhaps in the law court. You remember that? Good. So, an advocate is such a person. He pleads your cause. A lawyer comes to court and begins to speak on, on your behalf to the judge, giving reasons why you should not be condemned. You could probably have even seen. Even when the whole thing has turned out to mean that, oh, of course, you should be sentenced to death. He will still want to find reasons why you should leave. Are you getting that? He will still want to find reasons why the judge must not sentence you. Or he could say, oh, judge, I know you are right, but please have mercy. It's somebody who pleads your cause. That's an advocate. And the same thing with the intercessor. The same thing with the intercessor. Praise the Lord. Okay. We read this before and look at it again. All that searcheth the heart know that I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. What is the mind of the Spirit? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. All the definition for us shows for us the role of the intercessor as what? As a ministry. I want you to understand that primarily. What am I saying? The Holy Spirit knows the will of God and speaks on your behalf because you have infirmities. Am I right? Jesus Christ speaks on your behalf because you have infirmities. And all of those things means a ministry, a calling. So now you come elsewhere to the intercessor, you speak. A typical good example again has to do with the issue of Sodom and Gomorrah. Did they sin or they didn't sin? They sinned. What was the disposition of Abraham? Forgive them. When he was saying, if you get 10, if you get 15, forgive them. They, are, they have witnesses. Forgive them. That is the role of the intercessor. That is the role of the intercessor. Are you there with me? Okay. At the human level of those calling to ministry, this is the way it goes. We have looked at, because you look at it, that's the Holy Spirit. And that is Jesus. But I'm just a man. <laughs> but I'm saying the role those two men played, or they are playing, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, they are in the intercessory ministry. Is that alright? And then, 
in Hebrews 5, verse 1 to 4, we have this. For every high priest taken from amongst men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. First of all, know that. I told you, the intercessory ministry is like that of what? The high priest. Hallelujah. Now, you are called from amongst men. For the sake of men, you are called. By implication, God is only looking for that mediator. He's only looking for that man that can stand the gap between him and the people. Verse 2 now says, Who can have compassion? On the what? I want you to think about that. The high priest can. Who can? Not, it's not a matter of who can. One of the qualifications that makes God to really drop the spirit upon you is when you begin to have compassion. Who can? So it's not just everybody. Is it there? The high priest is the one that can. So there are some attributes God looks for in calling you into the office of the intercessor. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? It could be sin, it could be anything, weakness, wrong things. You understand that? Good. For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. In other words, you, as my brothers and sisters are listening to me, we have our witnesses. And this is going to tell us something. That is to say, you don't have to be an intercessor and think you can run down people. It's practically impossible. Because you have your witnesses. And you don't hear about somebody getting into trouble and instead of seeing how he can get out of the trouble, you make mockery of the person. You do not have an intercessory spirit. You don't have it. Because the high priest also knows, which has to do with Aaron now, that he has witnesses. And that alone is even what qualifies you to have compassion because you know that if you have this witness, why do you think something else can be perfect? In that sense. Did you so, you're, 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 you're looking at people who get into trouble should not be from a judgmental spirit, but from the point of compassion, knowing also that you have your witnesses. As long as you're mortal, you have your witness. And some of you don't even know that even wrong thought is sin. <laughs> is that okay? So, some people say, well, I remember, <laughs> I remember one lady sometime, automation ministry, you know, this holy and thou group of people. And uh, she was doing all the work. Now, this time I've said this, I was just listening to my BBC, then I was not, um, I was not, I was not a believer. Uh, but I'm not saying if you're a believer, you don't listen to BBC. But then I was not a believer, I was listening to my BBC news. I like BBC in morning and evening, VOA rather. And uh, she comes to me, I was just in my veranda, I said, hey, look, let me tell you, you are going to hell with this thing you are doing. I said, what's the problem? It's news I'm listening to. So I'm just telling you, you are going to hell. And then there was one other pastor, that, I mean, a teacher there, that came and said, look, my sister, this your own is too much. What is it? Uh, are you perfect? He said, ah, what are you saying? Did you see me commit fornication? Have you? <laughs> you know, so to her, yeah, it's the only thing. You know, see, this is the problem with my religion. 
You just put some standards and you think that that is the way to go. No. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? You must remember you have some infirmities within you. That alone humbles you to say, oh God, if you can help me. Can you imagine the man that he called is a high priest, a mortal man, but he made him a high priest? That alone will make me to understand, oh my God, it is by your grace you called me to become who I am. Therefore, I can have mercy on people. And that is why you can't be a pastor and think that you are all in all. Not at all. You are just picked from amongst people. Your witnesses are there. Now you see that grace and that grace alone is enough for you to minister to people from the realm of compassion. Don't forget as we're progressing that what I'm dealing with is that you as an intercessor, you are a high priest. Is that alright? Very important. Because some of you say, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not. The role you play as an intercessor is, sorry to use the word, is higher. Most pastors, you talk to people. They don't even know how to get them out of compassion. They don't. How many of you remember the fire and brimstone ministry kind of thing? Is there any compassion there? Huh? Fire and brimstone ministry. Don't know what I'm talking about. Is there any compassion there? Judgmental. You know, sentencing people every day they preach. <laughs> Is that okay? That's not high priest. So, but you are in the intercessor. Because the truth is, this guy does not have the compassion. They don't have compassion. And Christ without compassion could have been a high priest. He could not have been a high priest. Hallelujah. Now verse number three. And by reason herefore he ought as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. And no man taketh his honor unto himself. But he that is called of God, as was what? Aaron. That means the ministry of the high priest, before you can come into this, is a hand of God. This is the hand of God resting upon your life. The hand of God resting upon your life. And that's a great calling. So it's not a matter of you putting on collar people. Is that okay? Hey. Yeah, it's not a garment you're wearing. It's not even the, the book you carry. No. It's the spirit within you as you begin to, you know, this compassionate spirit makes you to become generous. Hallelujah. <laughs> there are some people that you can't tell them some, of the, some other person is suffering. You, the moment you mention that, they can go all out, even if they're out of borrowing. So, sometimes to save them the trouble, you don't even tell them this man have the need. Because if you tell them, then you're already giving them extra. And even if it is one, two, three, you are telling them, they will continue to try to do as much as they can. They have compassion. They have compassionate people. Praise the Lord. All right. Let me see. Ah. Okay. Now, in Hebrews 7 again, verse 25. Talking about Christ now. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heaven. Separate from sin, and doesn't mean he was not living amongst men. Hmm? You take time to study that by implication, because that's why the Bible tells you, people will tell you, ah, how can you? Oh, you are not of the world. You know, Jesus, separate from sinners. That is not to say he was not living amongst men that were sinners. What was your life trying to say? He does not carry the identity. Amen? He doesn't carry the identity. He was a unique being. Outside of that, 
their life was not influencing him. It's just like saying you are in the world, but you're not of this world. Amen. It was harmless, separate and other. Who needed not daily as those high priests to offer our sacrifices fair for his own sins and then for this people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. So, we have Aaron as a high priest. We have Christ as a high priest. Is that okay? And we said Aaron is but an ordinary man, just like you and I. And that makes it practically possible for you to be called into an intercessory ministry functioning as what? As a high priest. Hallelujah. I will want to think that if we look at the fivefold ministry, there is not one called an intercessor. Is there anyone there? Oh, okay. But then I want to believe that the high priest is hidden <laughs> within everyone that God is called into the intercessory office. It's not written down any page. But it's a calling by God and from God and there is a particular spirit of this grace in certain individuals that enable them to function as high priest. Compassion, metropathio, that's the way it is in, 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 the, in the Greek, is to be moderate in passion. That is gentle to treat indulgently to have compassion. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay. Compassion in itself is the human quality of understanding the suffering of others and wanting to do something about it. How do you like that? That is compassion. The human quality of understanding the suffering of others and wanting to do something about it is deep awareness of and sympathy for others or another man's suffering. Now, I want you to look at this quality of the intercessor. You, you just, you feel bad. You get into trouble. Let me use the word. When you see people in trouble, it's like you are the one in that trouble. When you begin to sense this kind of thing in your life, you just know that you're actually called into the intercessory office. Hallelujah. We spoke about infirmities before. Infirmity speaks of the state of weakness in a man. So intercessor do not have the superhuman concept of a better and more spiritual. But does this our ministry with the understanding that I also have a weakness and I know how it feels to be weak. Huh? Because weakness is in every man. Your weakness might not be my own weakness. Hmm? There are some people whose talkative audacity can balance the reserves of people. Hmm? What I mean is, some people talk beyond level. Others don't talk at all. Huh? So we have some if I may use the word, the taciturn audacity of people balances the talkative reserves of others. By implication, what I'm trying to say is this. If you think you don't know how to talk, 
there are things you do that the man who talks cannot do. Did you get that? <laughs> so when you judge the man that talks so much, you forget that because he don't talk, it doesn't make you a perfect man. Jesus was harmless, but are you harmless? Because even the grudges you can hold within you can sink a worship. I mean, that is the thing. The grudges you can stomach. Huh? It can sink a whole worship. The silence you can keep some time on people who perhaps cross your way sometime, even when you were in primary schools, they are still holding on to them. So that even if they greet you, you can't answer. We must understand this. There is infirmity in every man. But in the midst of this infirmity, he has called us to be what? High priest. In the midst of these infirmities, God is not just thinking about your infirmities. He's talking about the vessels you want to use. And there is nothing you are going to do to prepare yourself. Let me just put it in quotes. Don't get me wrong when I use that. It is better he takes the vessel that is dirty and wash the vessel for him to use it. Than for you to try to scrub yourself and you don't have the ability to do it. Because what do you think is the standard that God wants for him to use you? Where have you read in the book and said this is God's standard? That when you qualify for this, he picks you. Then God will not pick anybody like Apostle Paul. Because I had no standard one bit. Hallelujah. It is simply by grace. And Paul will say the same thing. I am who I am or what I am by what? The grace of God. In fact, he wrote to Timothy, he said, I'm the chiefest of all sinners. He didn't say I was. He said, I am. When he was writing to Timothy, the chiefest of all sinners. He recognizes infirmity. Can you imagine Apostle Paul with all his mightiness getting angry because of Mark and Barnabas and separating ways and parting ways? Have you read that in the Bible? We can't go together because of, he, he didn't want to see that young man. One bit. I mean, that was an apostle that was doing signs and wonders. But that was an infirmity of anger. But when he became who God intends him to be at the end of his ministry, he says, bring me John Mark. The same man he said he wouldn't want to see, he sent for him. Maturity has come. In the course of the ministry, maturity comes to your life. The same Mark that he didn't want to see, he said, Mark is a good guy. Let me have him. Where we, this same man you say you don't want to see at all. He was such a mighty apostle, but the infirmities were there. Are you still there? I want you to understand today that God has called us to a place of intercessory work. And I think to me, we might have variation in grades of this calling, but every true believer is an intercessor. That is why we are the salts of the earth. It's not one man that is the salt. It's all every believer that is salt. What does salt do? 
salt seasons that which is to go into decay. One of the things that salt can use to preserve that which is supposed to get decayed, that is salvation. Because man who is in sin goes into corruption. So if the arm of the Lord was to bring salvation, it simply means we become his arms. To bring salvation and preserve those who are supposed to go into corruption by reason of what is within them. That's why we are the salt of the earth. And since we be the salts of the earth, it's not one man that is the salt, it's every believer that is the salt. And that qualifies you to be an intercessor. And so you begin to see your role today from the point of knowing this, that there's a need for you to have compassion on those who are perishing. And that also drives you to the streets to become an evangelist. It's all still part of the intercessory work. To get people saved. To get them into the knowledge of the truth. It's all part of the intercessory work. The intercessory work is not just only in kneeling. But it's also in making available relevant information for people to get into their rightful inheritance in God. Then you have immediated. As you speak the truth. To people and on behalf of God. And light breaks into them. You are mediating. Because they will literally resign. Let me explain that now. Some of you get confused. They must be prayer. What did Peter do to bring 3,000 to the church on the day of Pentecost? He spoke the word. Were the people saved? So does it not mean the arm of the Lord was revealed? That's what I'm saying. So some of you, you say, well, I'm not, I don't have the grace of praying. Fine. Definitely you have what you can do to become an arm of the Lord. Speak the word. You are still interceding because that word brings light. Now, when Peter finished speaking on the day of Pentecost, people said, brethren, what shall we do? He recommended. Am I right? Yes, and the outcome was 3,000 were added to the Lord. Intercession. The arm of the Lord was revealed. And the scripture says, because God could not find any man, could not find an intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought him salvation. But now, it is also your turn. God is counting on you as an intercessor. Bless you.